Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I think we really got something here. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The Nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. start with we got a lot to get to it's the nightcap joe dibiase flying solo here tonight on wgr for the next hour 8030550 is the phone number if you want to hop on with me tom wilson the nhl aaron Rodgers, the blue jays the sabers all on deck also it's my first show post nfl draft i know i was on draft coverage with nate geary so if you listen to the station throughout this past weekend you already have heard me on Greg Rousseau, Carlos Basham, the Bills draft in its entirety, what happened in the AFC East. I really think that's the most interesting thing to come away from draft weekend is what happened in the AFC East. So a little of that too, the Jets with Zach Wilson, heard some good stuff from Connor Rogers earlier today on uh, from Bleacher Report, I'm a Chopin the Bulldog. So if you missed that, go find it on demand at WGR550.com in the Odyssey app. Mac Jones in New England, I don't think that's to be dismissed. I do not fear Mac Jones on the New England Patriots the same way I would have if Justin Fields had fallen two more spots to the Patriots at 15. But Mac Jones is worth talking about also, monitoring whether or not he's going to start the season for the Patriots, which I think is possible. Then Cam Newton probably is going to be the guy, but Mac Jones is in play there. So those, those are stuff that we have months to talk about. Tom Wilson and the NHL and this game that is just about to start on NBCSN between the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers after playing on Monday night and the disgusting acts by Tom Wilson on the ice in that second period that the NHL turned a blind eye to has fizzled into this Wednesday night hockey game on NBCSN, the rivalry night they've been waiting for for five years. They finally got it, NBC, on their way out, as this is their final season covering the NHL. They finally got that big game we've all been waiting to see. I'm, again, it's on NBCSN, so turn down the sound. You can have it up a little bit in the background. Keep us on here on the nightcap. Um, The game is on TV, so you can watch it, and we'll see what happens here. It could be fight night. You know, there have been times in the past where we don't think anything is going to happen, and then you get it. 
There was that Devils-Rangers game like five years ago where the game started opening face-off and all ten players on the ice just started fighting. And Tortorella screaming across across the bench. Um, the face-off is being dropped now and it happened. It It happened. Go turn it on. I mean, I just outlined this this Rangers-Devils game from like five years ago that I was about to lead into. That's probably not going to happen, but it happened. I'm watching Rangers and Capitals right now, and there are three fights going on. It's not everybody. It's not all ten players, but you have got three different fights going on the ice right now, so that should really tell you what this game is going to be like between the Rangers and the Capitals. So, it all started, and this all could have been avoided by the NHL suspending Tom Wilson. They decided not to do that. Now, I don't think they wanted to do that. I don't think they wanted to avoid this. I think they wanted this situation. The NHL, for all of the concussion worries and all of the PR that they try to give you, like, well, hockey is for everybody, right? Then you've got this bully in the NHL and Tom Wilson running around being allowed to do whatever he wants. He is slamming a guy's face on the ice. He's throwing punches while the guy is down. He is pulling hair. He's throwing dirty hits five times a season, if not more, five times a season where it's, you know, a controversy. I'm sure it happens a lot more than that. I mean... The NHL has provided this situation, and I think they wanted this situation because they know it gets eyeballs on their sport. It gets their sport being talked about on PTI and the, all the show around the horn, the afternoon slate of ESPN shows, you know, Twitter, sports Twitter. Every, all the attention that they've been getting in the past couple of days in the entire NHL has been because of this Tom Wilson situation. And I think it's gross. I think it's gross that the NHL is still using this as their marketing machine. I mean, they do such a good job, the league does, at marketing situations like these. And it would be so nice if they could just realize that that could be happening with your star players. we got another fight going on right now. Tom Wilson just got jumped by one of the Rangers players. Um... I don't know who it is, but now you've got a second fight going on. I, I just it's, it's hard for me to keep my eyes off it because you know what? There is a young fan in me somewhere that that is entertained by this, you know? But it's hard for me to watch stuff like this now knowing all we know about concussions in sports and all we know about why fighting has ceased to exist in the NHL for the most part. I mean, you get a couple of fights a season. And I don't agree with all... There were so many bad calls throughout the afternoon. Like, there just were. You know what? Like, the the whole... You know, this wouldn't happen if there was a goon on the other side. If Colton Orr had been sitting at the end of the bench for the New York Rangers. Then, would Tom Wilson still done what he did? Because, I'll tell you what. Growing up watching the sport, I know I can't go too far back for you. But... The early 2000s, you had Matt Cook. You had Sean Avery. You had Patrick Coletta even. 
You had guys running around throwing any hit they wanted. Elbows. Leaping through the air. Head hits. You know, you had headhunters everywhere in the NHL. And guess what? You had the goons. You had Colton Orr playing in the league. You had Donald Brashear. You had George LaRock. You had these guys. But it still happened. Why? Because guess what? The deterrent argument is a farce. There's no deterrent. John Scott sitting at the end of a bench is not going to deter anybody's behavior. And this modern era of hockey, the last four or five years, kind of proves that. Because Tom Wilsons are more rare than they were when the fighters were here. How many Tom Wilsons are there? Where's Wilson? There's Marshawn? There's... I, I mean, I don't want to throw Matthew Kachuk into this category because I don't think Matthew Kachuk actually throws a lot of dirty hits. He's more of an instigator after the whistle. More of a talker. But, you know, you, you've got a couple of these guys, but you don't have almost any. Even there, I'm stretching to find a third name. And the second name, Brad Marchand, I mean, he's he's always had that that nasty instigator part of his game, but he's he's become an elite offensive player in the league. His value is not getting the opponent upset at him. So, I think the league created this situation. I think they wanted to create this situation. And I think it is working backwards. It is working backwards. Because they they also talk out of both ends of their mouth. They want you to see that, oh, we take this stuff seriously. And we don't want all the fighting. We don't want the goons in the sport. Like, we're going to take care of it. The instigator penalty in the first place was designed to eliminate the players policing themselves. But how are you to expect the players to not want to police themselves when when you need to step up and make a guy pay who does not deserve the benefit of the doubt, by the way, in any way. This is a guy that is a repeat offender. He has been a headhunter in the league. He has been purposely trying to injure opposing players since he showed up on NHL ice surfaces. He was suspended less than two months ago. The month of March, he got a seven-game suspension. He's had a 20-game suspension in his career. There's no reason to think this guy deserved the benefit of the doubt. But George Peros and the NHL's Department of Player Safety gave it to him. They gave him the benefit of the doubt. Even though you can clearly see on video, he is purposely trying to slam Pavel Buchnevich's face into the ice. He is purposely trying to punch him while his face is down. A coward's move. He is purposely pulling Artemi Panarin's hair as he pulls him down to the ice. And I think, this one I'm not as sure on, sure of, but again, doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I think he's slew-footing him all at the same time. It's a Matt Cook cocktail. He's pulling hair, he's punching, and he's slew-footing all in one motion to a guy who is four inches smaller than him and 70 pounds lighter than him. How can you expect the players not to want to police themselves when you let that go for a $5,000 fine. Less than about half of what he makes in one period of hockey. He made more sitting in the penalty box for his 10-minute misconduct than he got fined for. 
And you know what? You know who got punished the most? Well, we don't know the Rangers situation. Before I before I tell you that the Rangers were the ones that got punished the most, their statement yesterday was awesome. I loved it. For the first time in my life, I wanted to like the New York Rangers. Who wants to like the New York Rangers? That is big market, always stealing your good players that you develop. I mean, they suck, right? Throughout time, they just nobody likes the Rangers unless you're in New York. They put out that statement yesterday, and I was loving them. The statement, if you missed it, was, the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts. We find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action to suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dear election of duty by NHL head of player safety George Peros and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. That statement goes out yesterday at 6 o'clock. And then today, about 2.45, the Rangers fire President John Davidson and general manager Jeff Gordon. And I'm supposed to believe from Darren Dreger and these other national reporters that it was a coincidence that it was really about, well, they're upset with their play this season. The owner, this is about the season. Give me a break. If this firing by the Rangers was about the season and not about the events of the last 48 hours then they would have waited another week and done it after their final game. They've got three games left. Come on with that. I couldn't believe we were seeing national reporters floating that out there. Another fight, by the way, going right now between the Rangers and Capitals. I think we are now at five fights total, and we are like two minutes into the game. So, you know what? I I could have poo-pooed the idea that, oh, we're probably not going to see all that much. We're going to see one fight that's going to be over. Uh, this we'll see how far this goes, but you've got a lot of people dropping the gloves right now early in this game. Where was I? The Rangers. I don't know what happened there. I think James. What I think my best guess of what happened is James Dolan, the owner of the Rangers. He was behind that statement, and you see that throughout time. We've seen that in Buffalo. Tom Golisano being upset with the league after the Chris Neal. Chris Drury hit. Ralph Wilson in the NFL in the late 90s, writing that letter to the NFL commissioner. I mean, you've seen it throughout time. I think that's what happened. I think James Dolan's behind that statement, the owner of the of the, the Rangers. And you saw other reporting. We got a sixth fight. Sixth fight going right now. Um, Lars Eller and Ryan Strom, two guys that are not fighters. Those are skilled guys. Eller's more of a bottom six guy, but he's not a fighter. Um, I think, sorry, it's so hard to concentrate because it's like this is a game that's so rare. You don't see this. You know, like you had that Islanders-Penguins brawl game from like 10 years ago where there were like six guys left on each team by the end of the night. There was like an insane amount of fights stemming from some hit like the week before. You had that Devils-Rangers game that I referenced from like five, it might even be five years ago, maybe longer ago than that. This game doesn't happen in the NHL anymore. 
where just everybody's fighting each other. And it's not artificial. It's not... It's not LaRock and Brashear talking about it in warm-up like, hey, you guys, you want to go tonight? Like, no, this is stemming from something that actually happened on the ice. This is real hate in the sport. And again, there's a part of me as a fan that, that enjoys this. There is. Like, I grew up watching hockey. If I go back and, like, want to watch some of the greatest hockey plays on YouTube, like, if I just want to watch something like that, I'll very quickly get down a rabbit hole of brawls in the NHL. But the league needs to be above that. The league needs to be above that fan aspect. And they have really fallen short. And the Rangers, back to back to them. I think Dolan's behind it. I think the report of Davidson and Gorton kind of trying to distance themselves from that schedule make me think that they were against it, that they would not go in front of the media and denounce what George Peros did or didn't do. This week. And I think it was some combination of that and James Dolan, the owner of the Rangers, thinking, like, this guy, these these guys are not hard-nosed enough to be running my organization. That is not somewhere I would want to be. Like, I respect the statement. I respect the hell out of it. It was awesome. Calling out George Peros like that, who deserved to be called out in this situation by someone that wasn't just me or some fan on Twitter. He deserved to be called out by someone high in the league. And the New York Rangers, one of the most prominent organizations in the sport doing it, was great. But them firing, them acting on it by firing their GM and their president, a very respected hockey mind, John Davidson, who's been around the sport forever, Wow, that was that was surprising to me, and that part of it I don't love because that sounds to me like they want to be tougher to play against, and they think that's their problem with their team. And I would not want to be in that boat in the year 2021. The Sabres tried to do that, is it eight years ago now, after the Lucic-Miller hit? They tried to get tougher. They want They built their team to fight Boston. And what happened was they sucked on the ice because of it. (laughs) I mean, really. Sure, you're not getting pushed around anymore. Great. You know why you're not getting pushed around? Because you're exhausted because you've been running around your own end for 50 minutes. And I think the Rangers dangerously are maybe entering that strategy. I think their, their owner is driving for, we need to be tougher to play against. And they've got a bunch of good young players that are just arriving on the scene. If they just stayed the course and waited for the development of Capo Caco and Alexis Lafreniere and Adam Fox has already developed him. He might be the Norris favorite at this point. Um, Igor Shesterkin is their future starting goaltender. He's already been really good in limited action in his first two seasons. And if they're going to in any way jeopardize that by bringing in the modern day version of Steve Ott, and using valuable assets to do it, good luck with that. I can't believe Jack Eichel would want to go play for that team if that's what they're going to try to do going forward. All right, so this game is going on. It's 0-0. You're seven minutes in. I've, I've lost count. We had six fights, seven fights. You got a lot of fights going on in this game. Tom Wilson was involved in, with one of them, uh, with Brendan Smith, defenseman for the Rangers. I don't know how much more we'll see of it. Maybe they think it's been put to bed. That could be the case, but... 
You got fight night going on at MSG right now. Uh, 803-0550 is the phone number. On the Tom Wilson situation, the NHL's handling of it, the Rangers' handling of it, I do want to talk Aaron Rodgers, though. And we'll do that next. We'll get some calls in first on this. So actually, if you call in now, we'll talk about that. But I do want to transition at some point to Aaron Rodgers because I am very strongly on Rodgers' side of this and not the Green Bay Packers. I'll explain more when we come back. Here on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase, this is WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Very impressed because he had to battle through. We made things a little more challenging than we had to or a lot more challenging than we had to. He helped us weather a storm till we got our legs and got to our game, which really didn't happen till the earliest, the halfway point in that game. So he was great and it was great that, you know, in the end, we didn't win the shootout by scoring the goal. We won the shootout by him making the save. That's fitting how he started the game. He finished the game helping us. Don Granado. Great night for Michael Hauser. Second consecutive win. I hope he gets the start on Thursday. I think I guess he would. My guess would be he would tomorrow. Uh, Hometown of Pittsburgh where his mom wants to watch him play. So good for him. And I hope that that continues to go well for him. I mean, he might earn an AHL job. This is a guy that's been battling to stay in the job as a professional hockey player. He's been in the ECHL for years. Like, he's played eight games, I think, in the AHL. Six starts, maybe. Getting a crack in the NHL is, is one thing, and it's awesome. He's living the dream, but it he's playing well enough through a couple games where if I'm an AHL team next year, give him a look. That's a pay raise for that guy. So earn that money, Michael Hauser. Tom Wilson is back on the ice. Uh, Rangers and Capitals is six, seven fights in. Lost count. We're halfway through the first period. Uh, Ryan Lambert, formerly of Yahoo, with a good point on Twitter that he thinks the Rangers are just out to try to embarrass the league right now. And what I don't know, though, is I don't know if this is embarrassing to the league. You know, like, we're all watching this game. Not everybody. If you're listening to the show, you're probably not. I don't know. But... This game, like people are paying attention to it. It's getting attention. We've been waiting all day for it. I think they're getting what they want. As gross as that is, I think they are. I think Gary Bettman is grinning, got his feet kicked up in his office. Like, everyone's watching my sport right now. I, 
I don't know what to do with that either. Because it's tough for me. Because I, I think it's gross. But my eyes are glued to it too. My eyes are glued to it. You have a game that otherwise no one would care anything about. There's playoff seeding purposes for the Capitals. Maybe. The Rangers are done for the year. I mean, there's, just, there's nothing to be to be had here. There's nothing to find out. There's nothing to learn. And it's two teams you always see, by the way. But my eyes are glued to it. And it's all because of the situation and the environment that the NHL created. So I guess they kind of did, did a good job at it. If that was their goal. Now, Ben Matheson, if you're uh, Sabres Twitter, uh, Sabres Twitter Hall of Fame, maybe, Ben Matheson, he, he tweets at me, kind of making that same point on Twitter, that he thinks the bad press on ESPN, their upcoming primary rights holder, is not worth the 50,000 viewer bump on NBCSN tonight. I think that's a good point. Because that's right. The NHL should care more about what their upcoming TV partners would think and not the ratings for their current TV partner in NBCSN. Um, and you're right. It wouldn't be... It shouldn't be too much of a bump to where it would matter that much. Um, but I don't know. Is it also bad press? Sports Center might be like, you know what they're going to do? I, I don't know. We'll see. I would love for Sports Center to bring on with Scott Van Pelt tonight, Emily Kaplan, or Greg Wyshynski, one of the writers at ESPN, and be like, yeah, this is this is because the NHL dropped the ball. This is because George Peros dropped the ball. This is a black eye for the sport. My guess is, though, what you're going to get is Barry Melrose jawing back and forth with SVP going, this is old-fashioned hockey. Don't you love this? That's what you're going to get. So we'll see. We'll see how ESPN chooses to cover it. But you're, it is a good point by Ben that they would care more about ESPN than NBC at this point. Um, 803 is the phone number. If you want to talk Tom Wilson, this whole situation, I'll keep you updated. We've got a fight tracker going right now. It's 7. Um, so. Also, one other quick thing. Chris Ostrander, one of my favorite followers, also from Sabres Twitter, uh, from 2inthebox.com. He, he tweeted, NBC has a new score bug on their broadcast. <laughs> like they've got like three weeks left. Like they're gone. NBC and NHL is gone. They're going to ESPN and, and TNT. Why would you, after 10 years now decide let's change the scoreboard? Just the, the, the dumbest and weirdest broadcast of a sport I've ever seen is NBC. What? Just what are you doing? It's so weird. All right, 803 is the phone number. I do want to talk some Aaron Rodgers here. I'm going to try to stick to it uh, while also keeping track of this game right now between the Capitals and the Rangers. I, I am all in on Aaron Rodgers' side. And I have been, I think I was ahead of Rodgers on this before Jordan Love. For years now, I have felt really when, I think the first time I really went all in on this idea was when Tyler Dunn's piece a couple years ago came out on the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. How McCarthy was just not changing anything about his offense, just this old school system that Rodgers would basically just have to run around and make magic from. Got another brawl going right now in the Rangers and Capitals. But you had McCarthy just doing an awful job. You had... 
stories about him being up getting a massage in his office while the team was in a meeting with the rest of the coaches. It just seemed like the guy didn't care anymore, or he wasn't putting in the effort. But he would never get fired because Aaron Rodgers was so good that they were winning 10-11 games every single year. Hard to be fired when you're winning 10-11 games every year. Chara, by the way, is at the center of this this current brawl going right now. In case you forgot where he is, he's in Washington. Um, that's where it started for me with Rodgers, was McCarthy. McCarthy was just a boob. He was nothing as a head coach. What did he do well? He did nothing well schematically on offense. He did nothing to help his receivers get open. He wasn't a defensive mind by any means. They had the worst defenses in the league for many years. What did he do? He just sat there and watched Aaron Rodgers make him money. Win him a Super Bowl. I give Mike McCarthy zero credit for having that Super Bowl ring. It's Rodgers' ring. Aaron Rodgers has been lifting up that organization since he arrived in the NFL. Since he got that starting job. Rodgers has been doing it all. He's had some nice pieces. You know, he hasn't been bereft of talent the whole time. He's had a guy or two. Devontae Adams is a star-wide receiver. Jordy Nelson used to be a star-wide receiver. So was Greg Jennings. But when did Rodgers ever have more than one guy? You know, when did he ever have more than one guy? Because the last two, three years, you know what Green Bay has always sorely needed? A number two target. For Aaron Rodgers. Not a number four target. Not a number five target. Like we talk about right now with the Bills. You know? Like I was sitting here thinking the Bills needed to draft a wide receiver at 30. And that's with having Stephon Diggs. And Emmanuel Sanders. And Cole Beasley. And Dawson Knox. And Gabriel Davis. Like they've got guys. Green Bay. They've got Devontae Adams. And like alright we're set. We'll just throw out Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We'll just throw out this fifth-rounder, Geronimo Allison, who's not that good. We'll just throw out these fourth, fifth-round tight ends. Mercedes Lewis, he's still playing football? Let's put, put him out there. They just have done nothing to add around Aaron Rodgers. One offensive player in their last ten drafts, and it was Jordan Love. A controversial pick in its own right, because of who he was as a prospect. To add on to it, you've got Rodgers at 36 playing still at an elite level. And you're not planning to move on from Rodgers. I mean, you were just in the NFC Championship game and you decided to do that. They deserved what they got the moment they made that pick. Brian Gutekinds, that entire organization, has been letting Rodgers down. I think they have robbed him of the greatest quarterback career in NFL history. I think until Patrick Mahomes arrived, and even with Patrick Mahomes, I think you can make an argument. I would put Mahomes above him. But until Patrick Mahomes arrived, he was the most talented quarterback to ever play the sport. Brady's got the rings. Brady's got the winning. I think in part, of course, because he was a New England Patriot. One exercise I'll always tell people to do when all they want to do is put rings versus rings is put one, switch switch teams. Put one guy in the other team, just as a hypothetical, and tell me how many Super Bowls they would have won. If Aaron Rodgers was a New England Patriot, 
You could disagree with this. It's possible. But I would put Aaron Rodgers on having six Super Bowl rings, if not more than that. If not more than that. No one's ever thrown the football like him until Mahomes. Where he could just be backpedaling with pressure in his face, and he can launch the ball with a flick of his wrist 60 yards through the air on the money. It's the best passer we've ever seen. And he's got one Super Bowl to show for it. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing by the Packers. They should really be embarrassed that they only have one Super Bowl in Aaron Rodgers' career. To have that quarterback for that long, playing that well, being that consistent, you've got one Super Bowl to show for it? That is embarrassing, if you ask me. And I know, that is coming from somebody in Buffalo, New York, a city that does not have a major sports championship. But I think it's downright embarrassing. And Rodgers should have asked to be traded years ago. Because it's been clear for a long time that they think they don't need to add around him. That they could come back year after year. They could just pick defensive players. They could try to be above average at defense. And oh, it's okay because Aaron's got us on offense. Aaron's got us. We don't need to go get a number two wide receiver because he'll have us being a top three, top five offense in the league. We don't have to worry about giving him help. So I think Rodgers is completely in his right, and I didn't even mention the Jordan Love pick. That compounds the situation, of course. I think we have another fight going right now in the Rangers-Capitals game real quick. Nope, Tom Wilson being scored in the penalty box maybe. I don't know. Um, I think Rodgers is completely in the right, especially when you compound the fact that they drafted Jordan Love when he needed a number two wide receiver, when they were one game away from the Super Bowl. And at the same time, now Rodgers sees Tom Brady, who just beat him in the NFC Championship game. Tom Brady left New England. The team that he has been associated with, that he has played for his entire career. He was not afraid to leave that place, to leave that environment. He goes to Tampa, and Tampa gives Brady everything he wants. He wants to tweak the offense, they tweak the offense. He wants to sign Antonio Brown, they sign Antonio Brown. He wants to sign Giovanni Bernard, they sign Giovanni Bernard. He wants to sign Leonard Fournette, they sign Leonard Fournette, even though they've already got all these running backs. He wants Gronk to come out of retirement. They've already got O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. They've already got one of the mo- the best one-two punches at tight end in the league, but Brady wants Gronk. Okay, fine. You can have it. He got everything he wanted. And how did it end up for him? He won the Super Bowl. Why, did, why, why in part did he win the Super Bowl? They allowed Brady to put his stamp on the offense and be surrounded with all these great weapons. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers... I look at what Brady just did, going to Tampa, in a perfect situation for a quarterback to enter and win right away. And if I'm Rodgers, I'm looking around in Green Bay, I'm like, yeah, I got Devontae Adams, but still, that's all I got. They just spent a pick on a corner, so they don't have that. Or they don't have the number two receiver still. And I'm looking around like, hmm, Denver, look at them. Jerry Judy, that's a great 
young wide receiver. K.J. Hamler is a good young wide receiver. Cortland Sutton is a great wide receiver, and I don't have to put the young attachment to that. He's just downright awesome. They've got Noah Fant, good, strong, athletic tight end, better than anything I have here in Green Bay. Good running back, Melvin Gordon. I don't think he's as good as most people, but okay, fine. Can catch the ball. Good offensive line, good defense. Like, I got everything I need here. I no longer have to be the show. I don't have to lift up the entire organization, put the Packers on my back. I can go to Denver and be a part of it. I can go to a perfect situation. That's how I win a Super Bowl. That's what Rodgers should want, and I think that's what he does want. And there are other situations like that. Miami is kind of similar to that with Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker and Will Fuller and Mike Jasicki. Like, they've got pieces all over the place. And you've also got... Um, San Francisco, who was in play before the draft. They're not in play now, but you had San Francisco. Debo Samuel, good, young, wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk had a great rookie season last year. George Kittle, maybe the second-best tight end in all of football. And a head coach who has been like a quarterback whisperer since he's been in the NFL. Rodgers has the historical context to one out of Green Bay. He has the future outlook to want out of Green Bay, the landing spots to want out of Green Bay, and the cherry on top to want out of Green Bay is they already picked out your replacement. And what I think you should do, sit out the first month of the season, let Jordan Love get into game action, mess up the Packers' timeline because they want Love to sit till 2022. Nope, you're not going to get that. He's going to have to play right away. Then I'm going to come back a month in, and you're going to have to really decide something. Are you going to want to put that kid back on the bench? Because if you don't, get me out of here. That's how I think Rodgers should play it. I think that's how he is going to play it. I think he's going to be traded. And I think he's... I'm. I, if he goes to one of these teams that's being talked about, the Broncos, the Dolphins, maybe not as so much the Raiders, but the Broncos especially, he could absolutely... And I might even want to predict will win a Super Bowl on a team like that. 803-0550 is the phone number talking to Aaron Rodgers. One segment to go here on the Nightcap on WGR. All right, last call on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. You can check out all our content throughout the day at WGR550.com and the Odyssey app. I'll be back with you on Friday night. And then we're back to full weeks. Saber season winding down. They've got the Penguins tomorrow night. I wanted to say something about the Sabres here, but I'm not even sure I want to get into it. It's just, it's another sad season that's come to an end. They're going to finish last. I mean, they're probably going to finish last. I know mathematically they can still avoid that. I I just, this, this offseason is going to be, you know what? Like, it will be the most interesting offseason, and I think it will be forced upon the Sabres finally. We have had off-seasons in the past. Roster surgery was an idea that got floated out at the beginning of one of Bottrell's off-seasons. But time after time, we'd be expecting these big, massive changes and save the Ryan O'Reilly trade. You never got that. You never had these big, sweeping changes to the roster. Ever. And this off-season, I think you're going to get it. I think you have to get it. It will at least be interesting because 
you've got guys you have to make decisions on because of their contracts, and you have the Seattle expansion draft. Reinhardt is in the final year of his deal. I don't know why he would stay here. Maybe he would for the monetary reasons. Maybe he likes living here. Maybe he doesn't want to move his stuff. But Reinhardt is an insanely interesting player for the upcoming season. What his contract would look like, whether he would stay here altogether. You've got Middlestat who needs a contract after the season he just had. What does that look like? You've got Linus Allmark, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. You've got no goaltenders under contract, so you've got to figure that out. And whether Allmark's a part of that or not will be interesting. And then, Eichel. Eichel. Does it happen now? Like, are we going to... Are we going to arrive in the offseason and there's going to be some summer day? It's going to come out of the blue. July 8th, August 16th. You're just going to get some random summer day. You're going to wake up and you're going to see a tweet from Bob McKenzie or Darren Dreger or Elliot Friedman. You're going to see a tweet about Eichel, he's asked for the trade or he's been traded. I mean, holy cow, could you imagine it just happened out of left field? I would have to think there'd be some buildup. But the wanting a trade is where I'm focused. Like, is that day going to come this offseason? In the next four months, is it going to be the Jack Eichel requested a trade day? Because I'm thinking a lot about it. I, I'm on the fence. I'm like 50-50 on whether it's going to happen. Last offseason, I, I, I talked about how like this is the year. You've got to make it happen. Because otherwise, he's going to do it. Right? Like, he's going to do it. Because if you don't do it this year, then you're probably talking about another rebuild. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. You've got a young core that's played pretty well. Thompson, Middlestad, Cousins, Darlene, Yoki Haru. Like, you've got some guys that you could build on. But... You've got to redo the, almost this whole thing. Anyone that's not under 25 years old, like you just got to change them out. And does Eichel want to stick around for that? I don't think the Rangers make sense. The Rangers are always talked about. The Rangers are not ready to win. The Kings are not ready to win. I don't know who the landing spot is, but if Eichel sees that team out there where I can get there and they have the pieces to trade for me, he might push his way out. I'm thinking a lot about that happening in the coming months. Hopefully not. 80305, not not the number. What's the point there? Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show tonight. I, again, will be back on Friday. Sabres and Penguins tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Brendan Keeney, will, I think, will join me on Friday night. We'll get it checked out with Brendan, so we'll have two of us here uh, in a couple of nights. So Thanks, everybody, for listening. This Capitals-Rangers game's in the first intermission. If you're not watching it, it's brawl night on NBCSN, so you can go watch that there. Until Friday, have a good night. I'll talk to you then here on the Nightcap on WGR.